This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Whitmer here, along with the Mark Webber. Dub them ease. And you might notice, Ricky, you uh, got a little bit of bass in your voice, and that's because if I go a certain volume or a certain uh, kind of excitement with my voice right now, um, I squeak and I squawk. Which and, is fun. Uh, I sound like a bird. Mm-hmm. Um, or nothing comes out at all, which is also fun. Um, so... I apologize if I sound a little bit weird and a little bit bassy um, right now, but today's a fun day, Mark. Yes, it, it is. is. Mock draft day for the onside kick, which if you're new to the podcast, this is where we talk about everything, and I can officially say it, pro football, because we have talked about the AAF. We sure have. We have talked about the NFL. This is your pro football podcast, and like I said, today we are taking a look at our mock draft 3 4.0. We're doing. We did 3.0 in the NBA. We're 4.0 here on the mock draft NFL side. Before we get into it, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash podcast. That's where you can go ahead and support us. And also, at the $10 tier, if you support us there, you can join a podcast each and every month you're at that tier. Talk about what you want to talk about with us every month you're at that tier. So go ahead and check that out. But Mark... We're not going to let the people wait. How we do it, we split it up into three segments, one through 10. Then we have, what, 11 through 21. I should probably have this by now. How many years have we been doing this? And then 22 and 32. But we're going to go into our top 10 to start. We will have you read yours off first. Take it away. Number one, the Cardinals take. Nick Bosa, a defensive end out of the Ohio State University in you know, this was a time where I, I got to put it out there. If I really was like, it with like these, you know, top couple picks, like, can I just do something else? But it makes too much sense. I almost had them go Quinn and Williams. I almost did. It's it's just, this has just been so obvious for mm-hmm. so long. But anyways, the 49ers going with Josh Allen, the linebacker out of Kentucky, not the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> the Jets then are going to go with Jonah Williams, offensive tackle out of Alabama. The Raiders going to go with Greedy Williams, the cornerback out of LSU. Uh, the Bucks now with Quinton Williams, defensive tackle out of Alabama. We got uh, at number six, the Giants with Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback out of the Ohio State University. Then the Jaguars going with Kyler Murray, quarterback out of Oklahoma. He's going to play football. Uh, at eight, the Lions going with Rashawn Gary, defensive end, Michigan. Now we got at number nine for the Bills, Marquise Hollywood Brown, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Screw that injury. Uh, <laughs> the Broncos going to go with Byron Murphy, the cornerback out of Washington. Yeah, and I'm looking at it, and there's a couple that you and I are kind of uh, spot on with, but there's also some where we got some differences. And we'll start off with mine. That first similarity, the Cardinals at number one take Nick Bosa. Um, like I said, I wanted Quinn and Williams here. There was a part of me that's like, you know what? Should they take Quinn and Williams? Because really, they could take anybody. But I'm like, you know what? Nothing kills in the NFL like quarterbacks and pass rushers. So they're going to go with Bosa number one. Then the 49ers are going to do the same thing. They're going to take a pass rusher in Josh Allen. Then the Jets at three go with Quinn and Williams, BPA, off the board. Then the Raiders, they will get their pass rush that John Gruden said that they needed. Rashawn Gary, the defensive end from Michigan. Then the Bucks at five, they're going to go with a pass rush. Notice a trend here um, early in the draft. 
Clellan Farrell, the defensive end from Clemson, off the board at five. Then at number six, our first quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, out of the Ohio State University, will be our first quarterback off the board. Then the Jaguars will take Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from Alabama. The Lions will then go Greedy Williams to bolster that secondary, the quarterback out of LSU. Then at number nine, this was a tough one for me because they could go wide receiver. They could also go to protect Josh Allen. They will take Juwan Taylor, the offensive tackle, out of Florida. And then rounding everything out, the team that just got their quarterback in Joe Flacco, the Broncos take Ed Oliver, defensive tackle, out of Houston. And there's a ton to unpack here. The first thing I want to, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. A mini, mini one. This doesn't have to be a huge Mm -hmm. spender. The Bills have been like an anomaly for me. Like, do they go wide receiver? Do they go offensive tackle? We're going to talk about him later, but I just wanted to make sure why you get this out now. Why would you have them go wide receiver over offensive tackle? For me, it's going to kind of come down to, I I think, whichever one they feel like they can get the best out of. Mm -hmm. And and there are some quality offensive linemen in this draft where I feel like they can probably get somebody later at the offensive line position. Uh, I I do think there's a bit of a drop-off when it comes to some of these top wide receivers to Mm -hmm. the next ones. So to be able to get that top weapon. And yes, I know that Josh Allen is that guy that's got the arm and he can sling it, so he needs some time. But he's also pretty athletic. He can move around. He can make it work. I think he can survive if you don't get the top one, which they couldn't anyways. Jonah Williams was already gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was off my board. But um, he can survive a little bit on his own. But, yeah, I mean, because of his arm, I think he just needs a good weapon to throw the ball to. Yeah, and that's just one where we didn't have that planned. I just right off the top of my head was like, you know what, the Bills, it was a little conundrum for me. And why I said, hey, let's protect that quarterback rather than. I usually agree. I usually say protect the quarterback first. Especially because. Then give him something. Like, I saw something on Twitter from Pro Football Focus where they said, like, oh, he had a really bad rookie year by the numbers. All the rookies did pretty much. Does he even bounce back next year? You bounce back by protecting him. But the true thing I want to start off with is the man, the myth, the legend. Kyler Murray, and this is a guy who, after the Dan Patrick Show interview that you and I talked about, that yep. people in the comment section were like, "Guys, guys, you're blowing it out of proportion." There it was, was a terrible no interview. Way that it was that bad. It was, it was that miserable. Bad. Um, the thing I want to ask you now that Kyler Murray is committed, committed to football, does this change anything? And where do you where do you think is his best fit? In the NFL, well, it doesn't change anything for me, uh, and partially because I had him in the exact same spot last mock draft. Mm-hmm. Still six uh, or seven, actually, to the Jaguars. It makes sense to me. He's the second quarterback off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got potential to kind of get in front of Dwayne Haskins, um, but you know, you've got some of those other things that are out there. You've got the short part. He's got small hands, which, mm-hmm. of course, you know, combine needs to happen still. <laughs> uh, but the the hands, the, the interesting thing that people like to compare him to, there's other short quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, but the hand size comparison doesn't really add up between those guys. Um, so that does matter as well. But anyways, um, not to just talk about some hands all mm-hmm. day. One of the big things for me with Kyler Murray is, 
it doesn't change anything for me. I still don't trust him that he actually has his mind made up. Mm-hmm. To me, it was just, hey, you need to say that you're going to go play football because you need to get the chance. And that's all it is. It's he needed to say the right thing at the right time, so mm-hmm. he said the right thing at Especially the kind of right time. after that interview of like, hey, Kyler, yeah. that don't look good. When people were picking apart the fact that he didn't even have an NFL agent yet, uh-huh. uh, he got an NFL agent. Mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, that this all kind of comes together for that, where they're saying, hey, if you want the chance for this big payday right now, mm-hmm. You got to go for it, even though he could probably get tons and tons of money. I mean, seriously, we were just talking about it because we're in Chicago. Uh, you know, we're talking about the difference of the White Sox were only willing to go to $300 million. Mm-hmm. They didn't go to $350 well, million. There was there was a thing of, I heard with incentives, mm-hmm. it would have been 325 And people were saying they needed to guarantee $350 million. So <laughs> the whole point of that argument is just the fact of like— the luxury tax, folks. Right, is the NFL uh, can get him a lot of money right now. Mm-hmm. Baseball will get him a lot of money later. So I don't think that this is still made up. I don't mm-hmm. think this is a done deal yet. I mean, Kyler Murray even has the opportunity to pull— uh, a John Elway and say, well, you know what? I don't really want to play for the Giants, so don't draft me because then I'll go play baseball. Mm-hmm. He has the opportunity to do that still uh, or any other team. If he just says, all I want to do is play in Jacksonville. That's the only mm-hmm. place I'm playing. So Jacksonville, draft me or I'm playing baseball. Mm-hmm. I still, as a GM, don't actually trust this guy. See, and I, if you notice with me, I had Kyler Murray out of my top ten because – yeah. For me, I feel like if I knew for sure that the Jags were not going to get Nick Foles, I would have probably had Kyler Murray and the Jaguars. And that's a big part of it, too. Like it's I, the fact that, like, I was in like, reality, that's probably the actual answer. I was like, let's be honest. The Broncos have already traded for Joe Flacco. The Jaguars are now going to get— Like, everything's lining up mm-hmm. for the Jags to make a it move should. It Nick just Foles. hasn't happened yet. Well, it like, and the reason why it hasn't happened yet is— because we got to wait for the Eagles to franchise tag Nick Foles because Nick Foles told them, yeah, I am declining that option. They said, all right, we will do the same. Um, and they're going to franchise tag him, and then they will work out trading him um, if that's the case. Um, but, I mean, for me, that is all going to change because the Jaguars are a team that I'm thinking about where they are the crux in this, where to me – I think the Giants, unless something happens at the Combine and Kyler Murray blows us away, mm-hmm. I think that Dwayne Haskins will be the first quarterback off the board. Because not necessarily of like, oh my God, he is the guy, he is the number one. No, he's just a safer but pick. He, yeah, he's a better he's a better pick than mm-hmm. Kyler Murray's going to be. And the thing with Kyler Murray, and I know people have said like, oh, you can't compare this, and yeah, I'm going to, is... I kind of see a little RG3 in Kyler Murray of, yes, we haven't seen anyone at the quarterback position as fast as Kyler Murray, but all it takes is one hit. After one hit, how is he going to be? And I'm not saying like that first hit in the league. I'm saying like one DB, one linebacker. RG3 made it all the way to the playoffs. Exactly. Knocks him out, concussion. And he's going the like going the other way, and that's not just his height, his frame. He's a smaller guy. Where 
the funny thing, and I will ask you, mm-hmm. we'll we'll play this game for the combine. I've got two over unders for you okay. about Kyler Murray. The first one, when we get his official me- measurement, over under five ten, over under even at five. We'll say five nine and a half. If it's five line. nine and a half, I'm saying that's like right where he's at. You think so? Yeah, I, I think he's going to come closer to five ten than mm-hmm. than some of us might think. I'm going to say under. I think he's like five nine five eight. I think he's like um, five five. Like I don't think he's going to be like I say five mm-hmm. nine and a half though because if someone's like no, he's going to be five ten. Well, obviously that would be over then. Um, the other one is to me the more important one, and this is what I can't wait to see from Kyler Murray. What's his forty time? And the over-under that people are setting, over-under 4.3. What do you think? Because there are people that are saying, oh, he'll be just over at 4.33. And there's others that will say, no, he's going to be like 4.28. No, I don't think he's going to be under 4.3. Uh, I would I would take the over on that. Uh, not by that much, mm-hmm. but I would take the over on it. Yeah, I am, I'm thinking like a 3.34. A Four. I'm going to mm-hmm. go one over that 4.33. But, like, that's the most important thing to me is how quick he runs at the combine. Because if he, like, if he runs a 4-2 whatever, it doesn't even need to be a 4-2-0, mm-hmm. a 4-2 whatever at the combine, people are going to fall in love with him. But and see, he's going to be an instant top 10 My pick. problem with that then is if, I, if I'm a team and I see that, I mm-hmm. go, Awesome. You're going to play wide receiver. The Lamar Jackson yeah. issue? That's what I would do immediately. So, you know, he what? actually honestly why? should pull Lamar what? Jackson. Wait, why is that? Why Why is that that, and I just thought about that now, mm-hmm. is last year Lamar Jackson coming out, everyone's like, oh, he's a wide, re- he's a wide receiver, he's a wide receiver. Um, and he's like, I'm not running the 40 because I'm not a wide receiver. Smart move by him. Why are we not saying the same thing about Kyler Murray? We should say the same thing about Kyler Murray. We absolutely should. There's no reason why we shouldn't because Kyler Murray. I mean, yes, Kyler Murray has uh, a little bit better quarterback arm talent mm -hmm. than Lamar Jackson, but still a little bit more success mm -hmm. than than Lamar Jackson had in college, too. Um, And a little bit. I mean, he played at a bigger school. Mm -hmm. He was a a bigger name. Um, But really, the big thing when it comes to Kyler Murray is. We didn't have a chance to have that discussion mm-hmm. because we were worried about is he even going to play football. Yeah. Uh, you know, the discussion with Lamar Jackson, that's all we had. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he does run a risk like Lamar Jackson did, and that's why Jackson decided not to run the 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he does too well at those things, people are going to go, great, I would love to have you as my wide receiver. Mm-hmm. You know what I might be looking at if I'm one of these teams and I saw Chicago? That Tyreek, uh, not Tyreek Hill, that uh, Tariq Cohen, mm-hmm. he's looking pretty good. And that guy's short. Yeah. Low center of gravity, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can get you to play running back. Well, and that to me is, I'm going to go back to the original question because mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't, I haven't answered it. The best fit for Kyler Murray, A, I don't know if there's a best fit. Whether it's As the baseball? Giants, is that what you're the, saying? It, I'm talking football. I'm not mm-hmm. even making the baseball jokes. Um, but the Giants, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and Redskins. I'll throw those four out there. I don't know if there's one team that is like, yes, that is the perfect place 
for Lamar Jackson or not Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, see, so you got you put Lamar Jackson in mind. Now all I can think the about wide receiver is thing. Lamar Jackson. But like, I look at it, and the thing I think about out of all four teams, and I don't know if this is just a stereotype of the quarterback who runs. Which one is going to have more bootlegs, more designed kind of options and runs for? Kyler Murray. And for me, I'm going to spoil this pick for my second segment. I think it might, if I had to pick one of the four teams, it would have to be the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is eh, that's not even true. No, I, I second guess that because I've totally forgotten. Adam Gase is not there anymore. You got Brian Flores now. So yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know if there's a there's a best fit for Kyler Murray. Maybe it's the Cardinals who we don't even know if they're going to, like... They're he, not. Kingsbury said, yes, I will. Then he said, no, he's not. Obviously, he shouldn't. He's got Josh Rosen. Um, but, I mean, I don't see any team being like, yes, this is the perfect fit for Kyler Murray. Or is it a situation of just he could fit on anyone because he'll make any of those four teams better? You know, I... I I don't know. I think he would make any of those teams better because of his athleticism. You tell me Blake Bortles is not better than Kyler Murray? Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> if I'm making a team, it's obviously the Jaguars because the Jaguars are um, on a yeah. just much better caliber team than any of the others. That um, defense can—he can keep that defense off the field. Exactly. And if they go back on the field, it's because they scored points too quick enough, not interceptions. Uh, but really, for me, with Kyler Murray— and you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury, so this is the thing for me is he came out and he and everyone was like, oh, he made the perfect quote that size doesn't matter mm-hmm. when it comes to Kyler Murray. And I sit there and I'm like, his height, I don't really care about his height, whatever. Um, the height thing is usually kind of overblown, although there is a val- valid point that a quarterback who was five foot eight probably isn't going to make it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's probably not going to happen when the, with the big boy lineman, uh, lineman up there. Mm-hmm. But the, the, they're ignoring the other things when it comes to Kyler Murray. Like, yes, he might be 5'10", and that can be fine. But they're ignoring the fact that he's under 200 pounds, which mm-hmm. for a quarterback can be an issue. To take an example with Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson's about 215. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's got also about, like what six three? Yeah, he's got about twenty pounds on Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. and the reason that matters is exactly what you said at the beginning. It's the hits. It's those, uh, you know, those times when you got to get back up. That's what matters for that. The other part of it too is it's the uh, to give a, another comparison. To, I'm trying to look at the the weight for Russell Wilson because mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's a closer height. Um, but the other part of it too is the fact that um, and Russell Wilson two fifteen same thing as Lamar. So it's that size. It gets hit. The other part is like I said, it's that hand size. We got to see that because that's gonna matter in the NFL. And I know that people we I make the joke all the time of. Let's talk about some hands. You know, let's talk about the hand size. That's what we care about in the mm-hmm. NFL. But it does actually matter for quarterbacks. As for matters for quite a few positions, there's a reason why they look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does actually matter as well, especially when you're talking about the size of a quarterback, um, and especially when it's an athletic quarterback who has to hang on to the football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at the freakish hand sizes of people like uh, Russell Wilson or Drew Brees, these other short quarterbacks. Um, 
you would think that that hand belongs to someone who's six foot two, uh-huh. not someone who's five foot ten, five foot yeah. eleven. Um, so I, I do think that the combine will tell us quite a bit more about Kyler Murray. He's going to get drafted high. He's going to be able to do things in the NFL. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray would be better off, I think. If a guy like a Justin Herbert was here in the draft. And if I'm not mistaken, hand size is when they take from the pinky to the pinky to thumb. Thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, Baker Mayfield, who was just drafted last year, this was at the senior ball he was um, measured. Baker's what, 6'1", oh, I think? Here it is right now. Here's the scouting combine. Um, at the scouting combine last year, Baker Mayfield was six foot and five eighths, 215 pounds, a hand size of nine and a quarter, nine mm-hmm. and one fourth. So, I mean, that might be, I mean, not an exact like him and Kyler are the same. But maybe there's a comparison. But there's a comparison to. because like six foot, only two inches taller than 5'10". Mm-hmm. Um, and that nine and a quarter, if he's got a hand like that, then okay, it can work because that's what it did for Baker Mayfield. But let's be honest, like. As long as he can sling it, he can sling it. My biggest problem with Kyler Murray is I feel like there's going to be one hit that just takes him out. Um, And he might, and I'm just going to say this, and Brandon brought this up, and I kind of agree with it. I wonder if Kyler Murray deserves the Patrick Mahomes treatment and why a team like the Giants or not the Jaguars, not the Redskins, or a team like the Broncos would actually make more sense because they could draft him and say, you're sitting your first year. You are sitting. You are going to, and maybe it's a sense of, hey, kid, bulk up a little bit. Get some muscle. Don't be that lanky 195 that I'm looking right here Mm -hmm. on Wikipedia. Bulk up a bit. Get some more muscle. Hit the weight room. You're sitting that first year. Instead of playing in front of an Eli or in front of um, a Joe Flacco, the question I want to kind of lean into is trading up for him. Yeah. Do you see a team trading up for Kyler Murray? Because to me, now that he's committed, I feel like there might be a team at either one or two or even three that goes ahead and takes him. And the thing we didn't talk about last week that we were saving for this mock draft, and I'll ask you about this team, the Lions, their GM, Bob Quinn, last week said in a quote, we'll consider any position in the draft at any point in time, whether it's the eighth overall pick or we have multiple picks later in the draft. We're in a position now with the eighth overall pick that the whole draft board is really wide open. We're not going to really... eliminate any prospects in previous years at least my last couple here we've drafted anywhere from 16 to 22 i believe it's a little bit different for us this year there's a few more players that are going to be available and if there's a quarterback out there that we deem could help us this year or in the future we'll never close the door on that kind of leaning that they could trade up and get him or draft a quarterback at eighth overall. If Kyler Murray's there at eight, do the Lions take him? 
Which is funny to me, too, because I actually, with that quote, read mm-hmm. into them saying they're more likely to trade back like, than hey, they are to trade up. There are so many people here who want it. They're basically sitting there saying, like, hey, maybe the Giants don't take a quarterback. Maybe the Jaguars mm-hmm. don't take a quarterback. You could be mm-hmm. a team to trade up with the Lions and get yourself a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, be in the spot right after. That's what I think. I don't think that quote tells me they're trading up. The quarterback is, what, 31, 32 years mm-hmm. old, Matthew Stafford? But does it tell you that they would maybe take Kyler Murray at 8 if he was there? No, because they have a 31, 32-year-old quarterback, and mm-hmm. I don't think they're done with Matthew Stafford. I know we talked last but could, uh, last week about how you what you were saying, what a lot of people think, mm-hmm. uh, the Lions have wasted the career of Matthew Stafford, um, which I don't disagree with that. Uh, they kind of have. But um, he's still good enough. You you can't you're not going to pass on him now. You're not going to sit there and, and just kind of draft a uh, Kyler Murray, hoping that Matthew Stafford but, disappears. Because you're more likely to get in that case a Jimmy Garoppolo situation where you're like, uh, now what? I will throw this out there, mm-hmm. and it's not far off. What if they Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes him? Were they could at number eight. They draft Kyler Murray. They let Stafford play the year out. Stafford gets traded at the end of this year because the thing that's interesting mm-hmm. is, like you said, Stafford's thirty-one entering this year. Alex Smith was thirty-four when he got traded to the Redskins yeah. from Kansas City, for sure. And, and I, I think that part of it too, of course, is going to be uh, the contract with with Matthew Stafford. Um, that's a big deal because Matthew Stafford demands quite uh, quite a lot of money. Well, he used to be the highest paid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's got one, two, three years left. Mm-hmm. He'll be an unrestricted free agent at the age of 35 years old. So if you draft a quarterback now, you're going to get close to that Jimmy Garoppolo situation but, where you have to move on at that certain point, but which is not, okay. No, you're not noticing a key fact, too, if you're looking at the spot rack page. What's that? What do you see after or after uh, after 2020? The potential out? The potential out. Where sure. maybe they – so 2019 would be the year he plays over They're Kyle They're not going to cut him. No, I'm saying trade him, and then that mm-hmm. other team goes – yeah, you know what? There's a potential out. If it doesn't work it's possible. after one year, we can cut And I him. think you would get more in a trade for Matthew Stafford than you would for Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't necessarily see it likely, especially if you're talking about Kyler Murray. And and I hate to put it this way, but do you really think – we just talked about his size. Do you really think that that team is looking at the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings <laughs> and saying, yeah, we want the small quarterback who doesn't weigh very much? Well, yes, we'll please take him. Matthew Stafford is a big fucking dude. He's or, a tank. Or, I'm going to throw this out there, or are we looking at this the wrong way? This isn't them talking about Kyler Murray. This is them expecting Kyler mm-hmm. to blow us away next week at the Combine so that he becomes the number one quarterback. Kyler doesn't fall to them. Dwayne Haskins falls to them. But then we're assuming that he gets past the Giants and the Jaguars. To me, this is no, still just a very uh, – and, and maybe the Jaguars have Nick Foles by but, this time, so that what, matters. But what I'm saying is look at – not your mock draft because you have mm-hmm. the Jaguars and the Giants going with two quarterbacks. Look yeah. at my mock draft. <clears throat> Instead mm-hmm. of Haskins going to the Giants, Kyler Murray has now shocked the world. The Giants take mm-hmm. him. The Jags pass on a quarterback. 
Now that leaves the Lions with the decision, hey, we could take Dwayne Haskins, do the same thing. Sure. He sits under Matt Stafford, and then they trade Stafford it, after the first possible, year. It's possible, but I still think in that situation, if Kyler Murray mm-hmm. wowed the world, then in that case— He's probably not wait. He's not going to sit there at six. No. So if he really truly wowed the world, someone's mm-hmm. trading above the Giants. Therefore, yeah. Giants get Dwayne Haskins still. Well, and that's still another. <sighs> like mm-hmm. I think that this this year could be one, depending on how the combine goes and the pro days go. Yeah. And we get close to the draft. This could be a year where it's like either right before or on draft night, where it's like. Hey, this team trades up to like this team trades up with the Jets to three. Then oh two days later. Oh wait, this team's at two. Draft night. Okay, this team's at one. We beat you both. All those things would still surprise me. This just is not a trade up draft. Mm-hmm. Uh there is not a it's, cl- there's it's not only, a clear cut number one answer at quarterback. It's only a trade up draft if some if Teams fall in love with one of the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And Kyler Murray, I will say, has fallen love potential, even though I wouldn't want my team to fall in love with I him. I think there's still going to be too many scouts and GMs out there that fall into the old, the guy's short. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. This guy is short. Me, uh, and I think that, that's going to be a big thing for Kyler Murray. Let me throw this this out there then. Mm-hmm. Let's say nobody trades up for him. And I know you and I didn't have this going this way, but in a what-if kind of scenario, could you see John Gruden being the guy to go against that with how positively he's talked about Kyler Murray? Could he, like, I know we've talked about that in the past too, but like, could John Gruden be the guy to just go against what everyone At else is thinking four? and take his guy? I mean, he could because John Gruden's crazy and, and <laughs> would go for something like that. Would totally. Hey go man, ahead. I got. Hey man, I got a ten year contract. You want a you want a Manny Machado Nine like years contract? Left. I got a ten year contract too. Nine years left. He's gonna go ahead and sit there and say, you know, We're I already got. Vegas. I've already got a good quarterback. I'll take mm-hmm. a questionable quarterback. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's Dwayne Haskins or Kyler Murray, Drew Locke. I don't care who it is. It's a question mark. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take one of those and ignore the two key pieces of my team I traded away last year <laughs> where I could get either one of them a very good mm-hmm. replacement right now. Um, yeah, I'm going to do that. That sounds like a John Gruden move. Last team I want to throw out there, the Broncos. Sure. So both you and I have them going defense. I have them going um, kind of with a BPA-ish mm-hmm. um, type pick um, with Ed Oliver, um, which their needs are clearly cornerback, um, a receiver. Yep. And then quarterback is still listed as a top need. I guess it's because Joe Flacco isn't a long-term solution. You have them going with the mm-hmm. top need in yeah. corner. What is your – if you are in the war room or you are the main drafter for the Broncos – now that you have Joe Flacco on your team, where do you shift draft-wise at this point in the process at 10? Well, I think you're sitting there pretty happy because you, you took care of one need and you sit there and you say, the odds are we're going to have one of the top corners available. Mm-hmm. Greedy Williams is probably going to be gone. He might not go as high as I said him going with the Raiders because the I Raiders mean, might go with a defensive end e- instead. Even with me at 8, he's right there. And yep. there's no guarantee... The Lions go with a corner. So even if, but even if he is gone, the odds are pretty good you're going to get number two. You're going to mm-hmm. get the second best. And Byron Murphy, in my case here, 
is pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. I'm not upset if I end up with Byron Murphy. So to me, it's just a very simple Broncos did what they needed to do in theory, you know, on paper. Mm -hmm. They did what they needed to do to take care of one need and the uh, free agency and leave this other one for a guy you can get and he can be a star for your team for years to Mm -hmm. come. And the one thing I will say, and we're going to get to him in the second topic, is the one thing that bummed me out about Marquise Brown not running at the Combine because of his Mm -hmm. surgery was although Brandon was against this on the PTP segment, um, you should be able to check that out later today as it's coming out the same day as um, this segment. But I asked Brandon the question, I'm going to ask you in the next segment, of if Brown had a good combine performance, could he have been a top 10 wide receiver? And Brandon was like, no. There's no like there's no like there's no way that he's um top ten even with a great performance. I had always thought that right now he's about twelve. If he would have gone to the combine, a team like the Broncos at ten could have gone, mm-hmm. hey, we're gonna take him because that's another thing I look at with the Broncos. And of course, you did this with the Bills, who could also do this. Yep. But I think the Broncos could as well. Who are they to say, hey, we just got Joe Flacco. Let's get him a deep threat. Let's get him even weapon. if even if Marquise is off the board. Hey, let's get him a weapon. Maybe mm-hmm. a DJ Metcalf. Like that is another position that they could go with. And I'm not sure if the Broncos, now that they have the quarterback solidified, have solidified or can solidify right now that hey, we'll go defense or hey, we'll go offense still. Yeah, I still think it's pretty crucial for uh, a Vic Fangio team to have a couple of things. Mm-hmm. They need to have their linebackers figured out, uh, and they need to have their corners figured out. Because mm-hmm. they've already got the pass rush. Pass rush is, is taken care of. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are not worried about that. Uh, those are your options. And when it comes to the team needs, linebacker, we're doing pretty good for the Broncos. Let's go ahead and get those kind of short thing corners mm-hmm. um, to help out this team, and that's what Vic Fangio likes to do. Yeah, and another thing you got to look at is like you mentioned with the corners, Brandon Roby, he's a free agent, yep. um, and one of the reasons why I had them go at Oliver is they're going to have uh, Demata Pico. He's going to be a free agent, so that means their nose tackle right now is uh, Shelby Harris. So it's going to be crucial for them with me. I feel like defense— And Oliver's not going to be a nose tackle. No. Well, I mean— There's no way. It's not possible. What, unless they're going to bump him out to defensive end, you think, and have him be a rusher? He's nowhere near the size of a nose tackle. He's a tweener. So you tell me, is he linebacker then for Vic I've Fangio? I've already said, he's a for me, he's, no, a, he's a linebacker. For Vic Fangio. Yeah, he, Fangio he's a defensive a end linebacker. linebacker. I— I don't think he's big enough to truly play mm-hmm. on the line in an NFL team. Okay. Because um, I feel like, although I said I don't know which way they could go, mm-hmm. I'm going to give my prediction. Um, and with the Broncos, as of uh, late, I've been pretty good with predicting well, some of the moves. Um, I think they're going to end up going defense just because it's Vic Fan- Like, I know the head coach mm-hmm. doesn't draft, but, hey, we got a defensive head coach. You got him for a reason. Let's bolster that. Since we don't have yeah. to draft a quarterback— Let's go ahead and bolster this. Anything in this top 10 
that kind of sparked your mind as we were talking? Any final thoughts no. you got? I'm ready for uh, for the next one. And right there, you guys can hear, man, my voice is like, hey, I'm going to give up on you and give a weird crack there. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section about our top 10, about Kyler Murray, about the Lions, about the Broncos, about anything we talked about. Let us know what you think down below. But, Mark, let's go ahead and jump into our 11 through 20. And if you're still with us, make sure to rate and review the Onside Kick on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. It really helps us out. Um, trying to get that five-star rating from you guys um, and help us get this rated and get to more and more ears each and every week. If you're joining us on YouTube, welcome into our 11 through 20 for our mock draft. If you're on podcast services around the world, thank you for rolling on through with us. But, Mark, we are going to keep it rolling 11 through 20. I will let you start with the Bengals who are on the clock. At number 11, the Bengals going to go with Cody Ford, line uh, the offensive lineman out of Oklahoma. Then at number 12, the Packers with their pick, Clellan Farrell, defensive end out of Clemson. Uh, at number 13, the Dolphins going to go ahead and go with Drew Locke, the quarterback out of Mizzou. Then we got, uh, let's see, 14, Falcons going with Jawan Taylor, a tackle out of Florida. At 15, we got the Redskins going with A.J. Brown, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Then at 16 for the Panthers, we got Ed Oliver, defensive tackle out of Houston. 17, Browns going to Nikhil Harry, wide receiver out of Arizona State. 18, the Vikings going to go Greg Little. They desperately need an offensive tackle at, uh, from Ole Miss. Then, keeping the trend going on, <laughs> uh, at 19, we got the Titans going with Donkey Kong Metcalf, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Then at 20, we got the Steelers going to Devin White, the linebacker out of LSU. Finally, at 21 for the Seahawks, Montez Sweat, uh, defensive end, Mississippi State. Is Donkey Kong Metcalf a mm-hmm. Mark Weber nickname, or did you see that somewhere? No, I just called him because of DK. Okay. I, I, it I, might be a thing somewhere. I was not sure if that was like a something that you have seen somewhere and was like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put down this cool little thing that's going out there. No, I type in Donkey Kong Metcalf and nothing. Um, DJ Metcalf comes up, um, but not anything like on Twitter or anything to, about to Donkey Kong To be fair, Kong though, for, uh, for Metcalf, is uh, he's a really good player. So he's a big wide receiver, too. Yeah, he, he's a guy who deserves a nickname. Ooh. I don't know if that's what it's going to be. People might have some uh, some other opinions of what they think his nickname should be, mm-hmm. so maybe comment section can let us know. Well, we'll go right into my number 11, the Cincinnati Bengalis. They're going to go with Devin White. I had him go in the 3.0. It just makes too much sense. Linebacker from LSU. Then the Packers. This was a, a difficult one for me. Do we go wide receiver? Do we go with defense? They're going to bolster that defense. They're going to go with a pass rush. Montez Sweat out of Mississippi State. Then the Dolphins, they will take Kyler Murray, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. Then the Falcons, they direly need a defensive tackle. They're going to get Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle, from the Clemson Tigres. Then the Washington Redskins at 15, they will take our third quarterback off the board, Drew Locke, out of Mizzou. Panthers at 16, they're going to go Ja'Kai Polite, the pass rusher defensive end from Florida. Then the Browns at 17, they're going to go DJ Metcalf, wide receiver out of Old Miss. That, then my Minnesota Vikings are going to go with Cody Ford, the offensive lineman from Oklahoma. The Titans at 19, going with Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. 
And then the Steelers at 20, they are going to make a funny pick in my mind. They're going to take Marquise Hollywood Brown. They're going to say, hey, Marquise, we are trading away your cousin and drafting you. So you are going to be replacing your cousin in Pittsburgh as we ship him out Mr. the Big door. Chess. Mr. Mr. A.B. Big Chess. Um, and then number 21, the Seattle Seahawks. They will take Brian Burns, the pass rusher from Florida State, which I will say every time I see Brian Burns' name, mm-hmm. Brian Burns is not the first name that wants to come out of my, my mouth whenever I see his name. I always want to say the head of Rooster Teeth, Bernie Burns. Oh. That's what I want to say, but they are completely two different people. They and sure I are. don't know if Bernie Burns, uh, I've seen him in person and I've seen mm. him talk at VidCon. I don't know about his pass rush ability. Um, I'm going to assume know. it's not very good. I don't know if he can get to the quarterback and with what velocity he could get there. Um, maybe he can. Maybe Probably he's hiding not that. and with not very much. <laughs> maybe my he's guesses. hiding that from us. Who knows? But we're going to talk about a few things here with mm-hmm. our 11 through 21. The first one we will get into is some good old quarterbacks. Mark, we talked about quarterbacks in 1 through 10. There's no way we leave them out here. And the guy we are looking at is Drew Locke because Drew Locke, in our 3.0, he was not in mine, and was he in yours? I don't think he was. I don't think I don't he was think in so. Either. I think I had him in my number two, mm-hmm. 2.0, but, uh, or it was the very first one. It was probably the very first one. It was the very first one. The very first one, you had him at nine. The way too early, we both had him. No, we didn't even have him in the way too early. So the only time he has cracked the big board is you had him number nine to the Jaguars, in the 1.0. Jaguar fans, but that felt good. Number nine. What are you guys, mm-hmm. like, what are you thinking about with Drew Locke? Because this is somebody who was like, before the senior ball, it was, ah, you know, Drew Locke, he's, he'll probably be one of those early second round guys. Now after the senior ball, it's like, hey, you know what? We could take a stab on him right here in the middle of round number one. And you know what? I think it would kind of feel... Um, somewhat familiar in my case for Dolphins fans to mm-hmm. be like, I remember when we got one of these type of guys with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those guys where you're like, I don't know, there's upside to it. Mm-hmm. We need a quarterback. Uh, all right, this one will do. You know, it's it's unfortunate for Dolphins, uh, Dolphins fans out there that I don't necessarily think they'd be that thrilled mm-hmm. about it. Um, I don't dislike Drew Locke. Uh, but to me, it's kind of one of those, he's good enough, but I don't think he's good enough to, to start day one. Exactly. And the Dolphins are going to need somebody because mm-hmm. they're going to very likely have another situation like they had with Ryan Tannehill, which was he wasn't supposed to start and there was really nobody else that was keeping him out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won the job and... A lot of people probably would have wished that maybe he didn't. Maybe he would have had more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, that would have required a you know better veteran than, what was it, Matt Moore, I think, yeah. at the time, um, to kind of compete with him. So Drew Locke is that guy where I think he's going to be exactly that. It's going to be that he's got some upside. We need a quarterback. Let's take a chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got him going to the Redskins, and that easily could happen as well. It's just kind of a – these are going to be the teams that don't get a – Nick Foles, mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor, uh, or maybe they do get a Tyrod Taylor, and then this is the guy who's supposed to learn under him. Um, but it's just kind of the people who miss out on the quarterback 
yeah. carousel. And I think the one thing that is going to be a little bit, I want to say, kind of iffy with Drew Locke is he's got a freaking cannon. However, over like the middle of the field, he's kind of inaccurate. Yep. Um, also, like his worst trait has got to be his decision making. Um, and with that comes the if your decision making is bad, usually that also means you're not good under pressure. Because yep. um, guys that have trouble making decisions don't usually make good decisions when somebody's barreling in at them um, at about what? I'm going to just take a guess and say linemen run at you about 40 miles per hour because that's what it looks like on my TV. That might be a little bit too high. I think that'd be a little bit too high. (laughs) But I'm going to go with it anyway. Let's just go with a clean 60. (laughs) Yeah, let's just go with 100 miles per hour. That's Mm. what they're coming at you with. That's what it seems like um, when you're in the pocket. But, I mean, that to me is the biggest thing of, like, with Drew Locke, and the main reason why I had the Redskins go with them is I think the Redskins need to draft a quarterback. They need to um, because you look at their two two quarterbacks they got under contract, both of them broke their leg this year. Both of them broke yeah. their leg. And with Alex Smith, there's yeah, he broke his leg, but then he had complications with an infection. I don't really know if Alex Could Smith have lost is play- the leg. I don't even know if Alex Smith is playing at the beginning I'm a, I'm, of next year. I'm under and the assumption some people that don't even think he'll play at all. Yeah, I mean he's definitely not going to play next year. Uh, I'm under the assumption he will never play football again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's a point where there's or just if no he play. comes back, he'll never be the exact same. Yeah, and to answer the previous question because it was fun, why mm-hmm. not? Uh, the world's fastest person in the world, Usain mm-hmm. Bolt, runs uh, was able to run at 28 miles per hour. So there's, so there's our cap. So maybe 25 miles per hour is what they're If you're almost as in. fast as Usain Bolt. How do you spell um, Usain Bolt really quick? U-S-A-I-N, right? Okay. Um, the reason why I ask that is I saw the YouTube video and I got to pull it back up. So he ran the combine uh-huh. Super Bowl weekend. Do you know how fast Usain Bolt can run a 40-yard dash? I don't know, 4.2. 4.22. So the fastest man in the world can yeah. run a four-two, almost a flat four-two. There you go, forty. Um, I think it would have been phenomenal if the fastest man in the world got like a four-point-one-nine. Where NFL teams are like, uh, you, you sure? You sure you don't want to come? You, you sure you Devin don't want to play football? Yeah. Because we could really use a spot for. How'd your change of direction? Because I know you're really you're you're running in a circle most times. They're running straight. All you need um, is just put them out wide and say, "You go that way." You go that way. Catching the football might be something new. Not worried um, about it. Just you <laughs> run fast. This guy's gonna throw the ball. I you, hope you catch it. You you go fast. You go that way. It reminds um, me of Forrest Gump. Uh, you know, with his days. What was he? Notre Dame. Forest, uh, not even that, but just of like. This, the the uh, scene of how good he was at football because it just he just goes that way he just runs mm-hmm. that's all you gotta do don't have to understand the game or don't forget about that that table tennis Mark. yeah he was really it's good at a lot of things tennis. Drew Locke in this case is good at some <laughs> things too what's he good at uh, he's good well you brought it up before he's good at cannon arming it mm-hmm. he's good at throwing it deep 
Uh, he's also, unfortunately... And, and mm. why would the Redskins want that? Because they want Rex Grossman back on their team. Oh, they would love That it. is not my pro comparison, by the way. While everyone just fell off their chairs because I compared Drew Locke to Rex Grossman. Be beautiful. <laughs> uh, but it's just one of those things where, for him, unfortunately, he's got some of those issues with the decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, because as much as people want to say a good coach can fix that... Mm-hmm. It requires consistency. See, but the thing that I will say about him is, yes, he's got the arm strength, but also, and this is what he does have compared to what um, a guy like Kyler Murray does not have, he's got the size, he's got the height, he's got the physical tools that you want. He stands in the pocket 6'3", 225, so he's got that bulk. He's got that height. He's got that arm strength. It's just, can you mold everything else? And to me, the biggest thing is the decision-making, because I'm going to go back to a thing I said about Nasir Little on the NBA side. What's above the shoulders is 10 times more important than what's below the shoulders. Definitely. What is in between the helmet is super important. And I'm not saying, like, oh, you're not, you're a bad decision-maker, you're a dumb guy, but your decision-making is yeah, a it's big the part, decision-making. especially as a quarterback, especially as when you get to the next level. Mm-hmm. What's the one thing we hear more and more about with young guys and just quarterbacks in general? How quickly he gets through his reads. Yeah. And if he's bad at decision-making, it's gonna he's going to have a hard time going through those reads. Exactly. And, and one thing that I think he needs is that consistency. Mm-hmm. And Drew Locke would be the perfect quarterback to go to, this isn't going to happen, but a team like the New York Giants who can let him sit behind Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. There's no one to sit behind on the Dolphins. No one to sit behind on the Redskins. You know, it would be a great team that he's not going to get to? Mm-hmm. The Steelers. The Saints. These teams where he can sit, learn for a year, mm-hmm. and, you know, not necessarily Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes style, but at least have some time to sit there and learn. But you know who could get to those teams? And even though you mm-hmm. or I don't have him at all in the mock draft spoiler mode, is Daniel Jones. And Which the, we've talked about him on the podcast. We have. We actually talked about both these guys yeah. together. But the thing I want to ask you is now that we've seen them after the senior ball, is when it comes to these when it comes to Daniel Jones, is he a not is he a first round talent? Because obviously I said not. none of us have him in the first round, but I was shocked to see that Mel Kuyper had him at 32 to the Patriots in his latest mock draft. But I think that's just a classic. Every year mm-hmm. people say the Patriots are taking Tom Brady's successor, mm-hmm. and it's just because he's old. It's the same reason why we do it to Drew Brees and Big Ben, because they're old, and they mm-hmm. need somebody behind them to learn just in case. So it's a popular thing mm-hmm. to do. Is it going to happen? I'd be surprised. I don't think Daniel Jones really becomes anything in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And well, and the big thing, and it's going to come with both of these quarterbacks, is so Daniel Jones is a little bit different than Drew Locke, but in the end, to me, he's the same, where he's different because one of his strengths is not his arm strength, it's his arm accuracy, where he can throw balls into, into small areas yep. Kind of like a laser. Which is great. And his timing is But nice. in the NFL, you got to be able to take the top off, too. And that's it. And the thing that I think is really going to hurt both of these quarterbacks, 
and it'll have to be developed and have to change if they're going to be anything is also his poise, his decision-making, because he's not as bad as Drew Locke is at decision-making, but he's a guy where it's like, oh, great, I've got zones, I'm in little 10-yard coverages, I'm going to dissect, dissect, dissect. Yep. Oh, wait, I got to read a deep safety? Ooh, I might have problems doing that. And mm-hmm. at the next level, I mean... He he's lucky Ed Reed's not playing because if Ed Reed was playing, he'd be picking off Daniel Jones all the time. Yeah, well, it's just the simple fact too of you know you can teach decision making, you can't mm-hmm. teach arm strength. Yeah, you either have that or you don't. It's a natural talent, but yeah, to me that's why Dr- Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, no Drew Locke is a maybe. Mm-hmm. But I would be I would be a little bit. After free agency, surprised if Drew Locke does go as mm-hmm. high as I have him up. But it's because free agency hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And the thing I will say about Drew Locke is I think at the next level, he will be a guy that throws a ton mm-hmm. of inter- interceptions by trying to force the ball down the field. But let's talk wide receivers. Let's do it. Um, let's take a look. First off, Hollywood Brown. I want to ask you the same question I asked Brandon. You guys can check out this segment on the YouTube channel, right? Well, not right now, probably in two hours as this goes up at 10 a.m. Um, Central Time. I'm asking the same question. Marquise Brown, foot injury, will not be at the combine, will not do a pro day for OU. Mm-hmm. Plans to be back by training camp. Does that affect his draft stock? I mean, it probably does just because some teams might get scared of the injury. But when you have a really talented wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best talents uh, at wide receiver in this draft, and he will be able to play. He's going to mm-hmm. play by starting uh, by week one. He'll be there for the preseason. Uh, he should even be there by training camp. You really don't have that good of a reason to pass on the guy just mm-hmm. because he got an injury that he's going to get back from. I mean, look at the number one overall pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. With Bosa, he's a guy who got hurt. Ed Oliver got hurt. It's not hurting their draft stocks. Uh, I don't see a reason why it really should uh, hurt Marquise Brown's draft stock either. To me, he's still, and I disagree with Brandon on this, I still think he's a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing of... I looked at it where I know for me the only way he was going to get into the top 10 for me was to have a strong combine, but obviously he's not going to have that strong combine without playing. The one thing I do want to throw out there, though, is last year the highest 40 time for a wide receiver was DJ DJ Clark or DJ Chark. Um, had a 4.340. The first one that went in the first round, DJ Moore, a 4.42. Mm-hmm. 40. So you look at it, and first off, 40s don't mean everything when it comes to um, wide receivers. Like I said, DJ Moore taken 24th overall, DJ Chark 61st overall. He was a second round. Um, talent And the thing that I don't know how NFL teams are going to view it, with me, I think it's getting closer to a neck-and-neck neck race now between DJ Metcalf and Marquise Hollywood-Brown for that top wide receiver spot. Because the thing that you got to look to is 
yes, Marquise Brown is injured right now, but DJ Metcalf is also coming off of seasons where he's been injured as well, where injury questions are kind of his big red flag, where he had, I think it was his sophomore season. No, it was 2018 this year, had a season-ending neck injury. No, that was 2018. Would this be 2018? Yeah, this would be 2018 season. So, yeah, season-ending neck injury. Now you add Marquise Brown to a Hollywood, and the thing is, a foot injury affects the wide receiver, especially somebody who, what's your biggest strength? Mm-hmm. You run really fast. Sure. So, for me, I wonder, because now injuries are both on the table for both of these guys, and yes— Hollywood Brown says, I'm going to be ready by training camp, but you don't really know. There could be setbacks. Yeah, but you you're going to have future. a doctor look at him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, now that injuries are both on the table, I wonder what NFL scouts are going to think. Are they going to go with the smaller, quick guy or the 6'3", 225 guy mm-hmm. who, however, the biggest weakness for DJ Metcalf is his hands. He can't catch the ball. You shouldn't be a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean DJ Metcalf or DK Metcalf has. Did I say DJ Metcalf? Yeah, I meant DK Metcalf. I got DJ Moore on the mind. That's all right. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think, is a really good wide receiving option uh, for a team that already has kind of some surefire guys. Because I mean, he's six four. He's a huge man. He's going to be able to go up there there if you just give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think that DK Metcalf is going to be a really good wide receiving option. But to me, he's not Marquise Brown. Mm -hmm. I mean, Marquise Brown has that ability to be your kind of number one, takes it up, you know, right over the top. There's your touchdown. Mm -hmm. Um, You you look back at uh, not this past year, but the year before that, when he had 11 touchdowns, um, you're hoping to be able to get some of that again Mm -hmm. out of him. I mean, that would be huge. That would be amazing. Actually, you know what? No, no, I'm sorry. I, I that wasn't uh, Marquise Brown stats. Marquise, you Brown. were looking at Metcalf stats. No, actually, I was looking at AJ Brown. Oh. I have him pulled up too, um, just because I like AJ Brown quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you got him second wide receiver off the board. I do really like uh, some. I really like what he can put out there, what he mm-hmm. can provide for a team. But last year was ten touchdowns. For, for Marquise Brown, and that's what you're hoping for, the guy who can help you just kind of take the top off of the team. You know, for this case, where what makes perfect sense to me for the Bills was that's a quarterback that can sling it, a guy that needs somebody he can just kind of throw it up and let mm-hmm. him go get it. Big Ben's another one for you, having him go to the Steelers. Uh, you're losing um, Mr. Big Chest, uh, and... You need somebody who really can do lean it. Into big chest oh, I love that nickname. I love that nickname so much. It's honestly probably my favorite nickname for any player in the NFL. I just I want to I want to make the bad joke of like oh AB big chest brazzers and yeah right go across the street. Uh, but you know, Mister Big Chest is a is a great wide receiver that you're losing out on, and to a- lose out, A B B A B B C right? Antonio Brown to, Big Chest to lose out on Antonio Brown. Is a huge loss for a but team. But to get his cousin, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Right? Uh, but to get a guy who can do exactly that and give you that vertical threat, give you that deep option, mm-hmm. that's huge. Well, and for me, too, we'll mention some of the guys because you brought them up. Of So with 
our kind of wide receiver rankings, if I were to look at our mock draft and say that, is I've got DJ Metcalf number one, technically. Although I think on the big board, I had it switched, but that was before the Marquise Hollywood Brown injury. Big boards and draft, different um, things. So Metcalf number one, Brown number two, AJ Brown number three, where you have Marquise Brown number one, AJ Brown number two. A guy we haven't talked about that I think is unique in Nikhil Harry mm-hmm. and then DJ Metcalf. And I bring up Nikhil Harry because this is somebody that I had in my mock draft last time. I had him 19 to the Titans. Didn't necessarily have him in this one because I don't know if he is if NFL teams are going to see him as a first-round talent or if he is going to kind of slink into the um, second round. Because Nikhil Harry, the thing you got to look at, and he's the wide receiver out of ASU, is yes, his measurables 6'3", 216, which is kind of the same mm-hmm. um, as DJ Metcalf. DK. DK Metcalf. Um, but the things I like about him is, number one, he's got hands. Like, he yeah. is catching the ball. <clears throat> he is coming down with it. His hand strength, we don't talk about that much with wide receivers. Like, he will grip that ball, and it's like, it is coming down with me. I am not losing this. You need a man to catch it. The question, though, with Nikhil Harry is his change of direction. And could he be a guy that, on some routes, has that snap change of direction to get himself open? and Or will he just be, like, the typical of, like, okay, we're going to put him in the slot. He's going to be a guy that we get to, like, we get him in space open, he racks up that RAC mm-hmm. and is just a guy kind of like, I don't want to say a Wes Welker because he's not short like Wes Welker, but a guy that's like, I'm going to live in the slot sure. and be that wide receiver. Yeah, you definitely have good options, and I like A.J. Brown. I like Nikhil Harry, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, uh, D.K. Metcalf. I like him as well, but like I said, he's a compliment kind of wide receiver because you just look at their production these guys were able to get. Mm-hmm. I mean, the... 2017, Metcalf was just under 40 receptions. I, that's not necessarily something I'm that confident drafting in the first mm-hmm. round. And there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just kind of it makes you hesitate maybe a little bit. Um, but there's definitely some really good players that you need to draft and you need to look at and you need to be able to take advantage of. Um, and, you know... To me, it's important for some of these teams to go ahead and get that weapon because we've had recent quarterbacks uh, being drafted, and they need targets. They need weapons. Or you have guys who are losing their wide receivers. They need weapons. So there definitely can be some good quality wide receivers going in this draft. Mm-hmm. And the thing I'm looking at is I totally I totally confused some things. I was looking at the wrong thing. Nikhil Harry, I brought up slot receiver. He's going to be your guy that's going to be your X receiver. So he's going to be on the opposite side of the tight end, and he's going to be somebody who's on the line. So I messed that up um, for you guys sitting at home that have probably let me know. In the comment section, anything you think we we haven't hit on the wide receivers or that we haven't hit in general with this 11 through 21? No, I just think that this is an interesting spot where I, I do think that you'll see a little bit of a run on uh, on the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's going to be interesting to see 
also where they go because right now many people only have two in the first round and then that A.J. Brown, Nikhil Harry, do they sneak in or do they slink to the second round? But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section about anything we talked about, any of our picks for 11th or 21, anything we talked about with 11th or 21. Let us know what you're thinking down below. But, Mark, let's finish out this podcast. Let's go through 22 through 32. If you're joining us on YouTube, thank you for joining us. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Mark is at TheMarkWeber with two E's. I am at Ricky Widmer. And Most Valuable Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. If you're new to how we do this, we do, we're do. we doing 20 through through 32. If you're on YouTube, yep. thanks for joining. If you're on podcast services around the world, thanks for sticking on through. Mark, let's kick it off to you. Ravens? Yes, Ravens. Yep, on the at clock. 22, Chris Lindstrom, the offensive lineman out of Boston College. Then at 23 for the Texans, Deontay Thompson, the safety out of Alabama. Uh, the Raiders from the Chicago Bears going to go with Ja'Kai Polite, uh, defensive end out of Florida. Then we got one of Ricky's favorite guys at 25 for the Eagles, Brian Burns, uh, pass rusher out of Florida State. Bernie Burns. Colts going to go with Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle out of Clemson. We got, for again, the Raiders, this time from the Cowboys, going with Noah Fant, the uh, Noah tight what? end uh, out of... Iowa. Noah, Noah, Noah no, Fant the Fart. Noah what? Uh, Noah Fart Fant. <laughs> it was pretty great. Uh, I, I hope that he wasn't made fun of for that as a child, uh, I'm, I'm, but I'm wonder, thinking it was likely. I wonder if he was a, if he's a gassy fella. It could be. Uh, 28 Chargers going to go with Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle out of Clemson. Chiefs 29, Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan. Then we got uh, this guy cracking his way into my huh. first round. Uh, 30 Packers, Paris Campbell. Wide receiver out of the Ohio State University. Then we got the Rams at 31. Jonathan Abram out of uh, Mississippi State, the safety. Then at 32, rounding it out, Jalen Ferguson, defensive end out of Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Man, when we were talking about wide receivers, I did not even see Paris Campbell. Kind Mr. Of Clutch. Sli- kind of slip into your top 20, I, uh, your top it, 32. It would upset me greatly Damn. for the Packers to have Paris Campbell. That means one... Two, three, four, five wide receivers for you in the first round. Wide receivers wow. are important. Five wide receivers. So starting off These with, teams desperately need them. Starting off with my number 22, the Ravens. They will go with Josh Jacobs, the running back from Alabama Roll Tide. Then number 23, the Texans go at Greg Little, the offensive tackle from Old Miss. Then the Raiders go Devin Bush, the linebacker from Michigan and the Wolverines. Then the Eagles, they will go David Montgomery, the running back from Iowa State. Then the Colts, they go A.J. Brown, wide receiver from Old Miss. The Raiders again, third time, they're going to go Byron Murphy, the cornerback out of Washington. Cornerback, as my voice kind of cracks there. Then the Chargers go Jerry Tillery, the defensive tackle out of Notre Dame. The Chiefs, they will go Jonathan Abram, the safety from Mississippi State. The Packers will go offensive line. They will go Chris Lindstrom, the guard out of Boston College. The Rams go Jalen Ferguson, the defensive end out of Louisiana Tech. And then the Patriots round it all out going with Noah Fant, the tight end from Iowa. Mark, I want to ask you about that. Yeah. So there's been this guy kind of cracking big boards and cracking mock drafts. He did not crack my big board. He almost cracked my top 32 in the first round because um, he comes from the same team as Noah Fant. 
and his name is TJ Hawkinson. And he has made such a big name that in Mel Kuyper's mock draft, have you seen Mel Kuyper's mock draft first off? I did not. Okay, so this is not spoiled for you. Do you want to take a guess at how high um, Mel Kuyper has Hawkinson? 24. Number eight to the Lions. That's ridiculous. Has him number eight to the Lions. Here's the thing I want to ask you Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. Because both you and I have fanned. I actually had to ask you about this because I almost put Hockettson at 32. If you're an NFL team, what are you going for? Are you going for a more athletic tight end like Noah Fant? Or are you going to go with a tight end that had more production like mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson? Because the stats through 12 games for Noah Fant, 39 receptions, 519 yards, yeah. seven touchdowns, where Hawkinson had 49 receptions, 760 yards, six touchdowns. It's hard to ignore production, uh, and production is very valuable, but it really depends on what a team is looking for. Mm -hmm. Do you want that upside of a guy like Noah Fant uh, for his athletic ability? And you've seen that out of guys like Jimmy Graham, out of guys like, uh, you know, Gronkowski. You know, you've seen teams go for it and try and make this happen. And, you know, for the Lions specifically, having them go of Hawkinson. Is interesting because they've got a former Patriot who might prefer an athletic mm-hmm. guy like Noah Fant in that case because that's what his past team has done. Uh, so it's hard to ignore the production, but it's not just what a player was able to do in college. Otherwise, all teams would just draft Big 12 quarterbacks. Um, it's also about the upside, the potential for what your team wants out of them. Um, and you specifically were asking about the Patriots before mm-hmm. the podcast started, and that's why the Patriots, to me, are a team that would go for the athletic kind of guy. I had the Raiders going for uh, a tight end, and the reason why I have the Raiders doing that with a guy like Noah Fant is because of the fact that they are a team that needs to get more explosive on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Having a reliable guy who's produced in the past is nice, but to have the potential upside of that athlete, uh, I, I think it's hard to ignore. Well, and here's another thing, because I'm looking at the two also, and what it comes down to for me from what I'm seeing is, like I said, Noah Fant, the more athletic tight end, and like from what I'm reading with his scouting profiles is – he kind, of, he kind of sounds a little bit like Gronk to me. Um, and the reason I say that is the one I'm looking at right now, his best trait they list is his um, rack ability. So the um, yards he's going to get, the ability for running after the catch um, and racking up that yak. Where his worst trait is, hey, I'm going to be on the line and I have to create off of the line with my hand in the dirt off of play action kind of like on little out routes and stuff for play-action routes. Um, Whereas Hawkinson, his biggest and best trait is his versatility. Like, you can literally put him anywhere, and he can do it. He can receive. He can block. um, He can block in pass protection, run protection. Um, His worst trait, and they even put a question mark like this because he might not have a worst trait, 
is his deep speed because he's not super athletic like Noah Fant. And the thing that I like, I wonder is the more and more we dissect these guys, is how high is Hawkinson going to rise? Because I don't think Noah Fant is going to lose any ground in his stock. I think he's exactly where we have him, late first round, early second. But for Hawkinson, I think it comes down to the more we look at him, the more we kind of dissect these two, I think it's going to become an issue, not an issue, but a term where it's like, hey, early on we weren't even looking at this guy. Now we are to where he rises almost to the same level of Mm -hmm. Noah Fant where teams may go, hey, we don't have to take Noah here. We can wait until our early, we can wait until our second round pick, maybe trade up for a Hawkinson or Hawkinson may be there when we make our pick in the second round. It's possible. I think that something you got to look at because of the connection with Detroit is, you know, Detroit taking Pettigrew mm. in 2019. You're saying because that's where Mel Kuyper had Hawkinson yeah. going? Uh, and also in 2014, uh, the Lions taking uh, Ebron over mm. Aaron Donald, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, that's the risk between, behind taking a tight end as early as mm-hmm. eight. You know, to shoot them up that high, there's a risk of the amount of players you're passing up that are probably more valuable to you. You can still get production out of a lot of tight ends. They don't have to be the best. I mean, there's only one Gronkowski, and then there's a big drop-off between the next um, tight ends. Now, Gronkowski's been injured lately, but that's a whole different story. Um, Well, and he wasn't even like a top-ten pick. Well, that, I'm, not mistaken. I'm just talking production in the yeah. NFL for teams that are trying to make Gronkowski <laughs> happen. But exactly, he's not even a top ten pick. Uh, so to shoot a tight end that high, to me, it's a. I think Kuiper's looking for a story. He wants some headlines. He's got to bring in those clicks. That's his job. Because if you look at it, you search Hawkinson's name, you're going to get all this stuff of all these different articles saying Mel Kuiper said this, Mel Kuiper said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's a big part of it. What it is what it is, and the reasoning he is quoting uh, is that he anticipates him to have a big workout. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great that you think this guy is going to have a big workout and you think he's going to impress people. I'm going to therefore shoot him up to number eight overall. Yeah. Um, I think that's a little ridiculous. Well, and I'm even looking here. Um, Eric Ebron was the last tight end to be taken in the top ten. He was taken at Yeah, and I think he scared a lot of teams from doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, and the one thing I will say, and you popped this into my head because you said um, Odell Beckham Jr. You know what I heard today on PTI about OBJ? What's that? Apparently, remember when the Giants were shopping him around and were going to trade him? Uh Apparently, they shut down trade talks as soon as the Patriots said they were interested. As soon as the Patriots said they were interested, the Giants were like, nope, we're shutting it down. We're not going to trade him. We're going to keep him. It's not like it matters because <laughs> they're that scared. The Patriots would have won anyway. To the Patriots, and I'm even looking further. Why did I'm it at, matter? What I, were you guys gonna do? I'm at 2009 now, and a tight end has not been taken in the top ten. So I'm gonna stop at 2009. I just, for me, I think this is these two will be a unique kind of mm-hmm. story as we go through because 
one of them could be taken in the first round. Who knows? Maybe one of them becomes I'm sure like, one will get taken in the first round. One but... of them could be taken even higher than what we have it because look at like Colton Miller last year. We didn't have him in our first mm-hmm. round and he got taken. Yeah, but Colton Miller round. was a different story. The, John Gruden really liked him. That was a everybody scratched their heads and said, yeah, uh, uh-huh. what? Or uh, Tremaine Edwards' uh, little brother, Tyrell Edmonds. Another um, one where When he got said, taken by why? Was at the Steelers. And everyone's like, what? Why are you doing that? Um, but let's move on. One guy that's not in our mock draft. He was 18 on my big board. Mm-hmm. However, Jeffrey Simmons. We come out with our big board last week, Brandon and I. And the day after the first one comes out, news breaks that Jeffrey Simmons tears his ACL. He will be basically out for the year. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Yes, he will probably not be a first rounder. What does this do to his draft stock? And could he be much like, a, I believe it was Jalen Smith. Don't quote me on that one. Linebacker mm-hmm. from Notre Dame who tore his ACL in the bowl game, got drafted early second round by the Cowboys. Could yeah. Jeffrey Simmons see a similar fate yeah, I mean, of second it, round? It certainly kind of tanks it down a little bit when you were supposed to be top half of the first round, mm-hmm. and now you're going to be happy if you go in the second. Um, but, yeah, this pushes him down to like a second or a third. That's not necessarily it a bad was, thing. It was Jalen Smith. That's yeah. not a bad thing necessarily because maybe you'll go to a better team. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. You know, you want to be on a team that's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think back to plenty of players who get hurt and then they kind of fall a little bit, and then people are like, wow, how did this guy go in the fifth round? Well, he was supposed to go in the first, but he got hurt. You know, things like that happen, and so it's not necessarily a bad thing. Jeffrey Simmons, it's just an obvious, the team that decides they're willing to take the chance on him getting better, Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be a good home run for him. And honestly, you know what I'm... I'm kind of sitting here looking at. Mm-hmm. So I am going to read off to you all the teams that could use an ed- edge rusher as their top three needs. You ready so for this? So like everybody. So mostly everyone. The 49ers, the Jets, the Raiders, the Lions, the Packers, the Falcons, the Panthers, and then the Steelers, the Seahawks, Ravens, and Chiefs. Out of most of those, Oakland, 35th pick. 49ers, 36th pick. You've got, um, what, the Packers at 44. That might be too low. I think this could be something for Jeffrey Simmons where, yes, we're not going to see him at the combine. We're not going to see his workouts because he tore his ACL. But he still can talk. Teams can interview him. Mm -hmm. Teams can call him on the phone and say, hey, Jeff, can we – Ask you a couple doing? questions. Hey, how you doing? This is Bill Polian yep. from such and such. I would not be surprised if, especially if the Raiders don't go with a pass rusher yeah. at four, if San Francisco can't get their pass rusher at two, if one of those two teams at 35 or 36 go, hey, we're going to take Jeffrey Simmons right here. Yeah, I'll be out for the year, but we get him back at the end of the year. Well, that's why the Raiders make perfect sense to me because they've got three picks in the three first round picks that they want to take them in the first, uh, and they'll be right back in the second. 
And they're not trying to win games, right? Exactly. So they honestly, next year doesn't really matter that much to them. They I can mean, go ahead and lose games. Well, That's their, fine. It's their last year in Oakland before yeah. they moved to L.A. Or uh, I'm not L.A. LV. Well, it's their last year in San, San Francisco. Yeah. They're going to be they, playing in San Francisco. And then they move to Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, they're... Yeah, they're going to go play in a baseball stadium again. They're used to it. It'll be all right. Uh, but anyways, it's just one of those things where they could really make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly what you're saying. In my case, I had them going Greedy Williams, cornerback, because I thought that's too good mm-hmm. to pass up, and you'll be able to get pass rushers later. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a good one that you can use maybe not this first year, but later down. You mm-hmm. know, it, when in Gruden's year, when he only has like seven years left— there you go. There's a good pass rusher for you. That one he ne- said he needed. Here's an interesting question for you. Mm-hmm. Who sees the end of their contract? John Gruden or Manny Machado? Who them, sees it? Yeah, like who – because another thing with Manny Machado, Machado we're going to throw him mm-hmm. out there, could get injured. Yeah. I, he's much more likely to see the end of his contract okay. in baseball than John Gruden is. Okay. John Gruden has a much higher chance of being fired by year five. And I know we're not a baseball podcast, but the one thing I do want to throw out there about mm-hmm. that, I know the ages are a little different because Pujols was about five years older, I want to say. But I find it funny, the whole, like, I see the 10-year mm-hmm. contract and I go, oh, we're still doing that? We're still yeah. giving guys 10 years on contracts? It's fun. Like, we haven't decided that's a bad idea. It doesn't matter. It works now. I saw somebody on Facebook say how specifically how the White Sox should have given him anything he wanted because who cares about the future? You can deal with that when you get to it, which to a sense I agree because the White Sox have all the money in the world. Yeah, but Uh, that just means that's how that person thinks in general. It's just like, no, no, uh, no, no. Maybe you should worry about the future. So that's what we're going to say about Climate change, right? You That's gotta worry. We'll worry when we get there, Mark. It's saving your money. It's having a four hundred one k insurance, whatever <sighs> it is. Maybe you should think about the future. <laughs> it's like I saw a tweet today that someone was like, "Oh my god, it's snowing in Las Vegas," and someone quoted this and goes, "You mm-hmm. guys don't understand like what this means for climate change, where it's snowing in Las Vegas." Um, but last thing we'll talk about, mm-hmm. the last thing we'll throw out there, every single draft, it seems like we get a team that wasn't in the first, had a pick earlier in the first, they trade back up into the first round to try to get a guy, whether it's like a Lamar Jackson yeah. getting that fifth-year option, whether it's like the Vikings trying to get the fifth-year option on Teddy Bridgewater. I want to ask you, mm-hmm. who are some teams that you think – could trade back up into the first round to try to get a prospect that they really like. I mean, I honestly don't really think it's going to happen in this mm-hmm. one because unless there's a faller, I don't really see the answer. Because, I mean, a lot of times mm-hmm. it's that quarterback. You want the fifth-year yeah. option on the quarterback. Um, but, you know, it, we're going to have to wait and see those fallers. We're also going to have to wait and see who are those teams that trade back. If a team like the Raiders trade one of these picks back and they accumulate picks, especially if they somehow trade the fourth. Uh, and they're like, you know what? We don't need this. We'll trade it and we'll get some stuff in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do package something and they move up to 32. So they would ha- that way they have three picks in the last like eight picks of the draft. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. Uh, but if there's someone that they want, why not? And they still accumulated picks. Uh, yeah, teams like the Cowboys who might be looking to trade their way back into the first because they don't have anything. Um, same thing with the Saints can maybe try and pull something off. 
I would be a little bit surprised. I don't think it's that likely in this draft just because of the the deeper talent, but also the fact that there's not a sure thing quarterback that's available for you. And the thing just to kind of use as a reference, let's use the 32nd overall pick as that reference because that's where Lamar Jackson was drafted. In that Baltimore-Philly trade, Philly sent their first and their fourth, so the 32nd overall pick and the 132nd overall pick to Boston in exchange for the 52 and the 125. So Boston got a first and a fourth, and they gave up a second, a second, a fourth, and a next year second. Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. Baltimore gave that up. So really you're looking to give up at least to get to 32. Hey, we'll swap forts. I will give you my second, but I'm also going to give you a second next year as well. Mm -hmm. And I kind of look at teams who could do that. And one that I am going to throw out there, the Houston Texans, not to get a quarterback, but to get, let's say, because right now their big needs are offensive line, safety, and cornerback. And the thing I look at is both of us have a safety late in our first round, that Jonathan Abram. If they really like him, they've got two second-round picks. They could move one of those sure. to try to move up and get him. Whether they like a guy who I don't think was in your first round, a DeAndre Baker or a Julian so, Love. No. If they love one of those corners and want to take mm-hmm. one of those, or if they're like, hey, we didn't take offensive line. We really yeah. like this offensive lineman. But it might be I, – I think for those type mm-hmm. of players, those are not players that I think are big enough to make a splash where you need that fifth-year option so, on them. Those would be guys that maybe you trade up into the top of the second. Okay. So really it's who's going to trade up for Daniel Jones or Will Greer? I mean, that's what typically those fifth-year options are those quarterbacks mm-hmm. or somebody else who fell – who you're like, uh, why is this really good pass rusher falling? I'm mm-hmm. going to try and jump on them. Um, you know, it, it's we talk about the teams trading up in the first mm-hmm. often, uh, but I don't think that there's a guy really worthwhile for it here. Which I mean, until we see until we see how things actually shake out with fallers and things like that. You know what? I'm going to throw one out there that uh, I think could work. Let me see. So they have the 46th overall pick. Damn it, they don't have a fourth-round pick, but they do have a fifth. I wonder if they could switch fifths for it. Basically, the Washington Redskins. I wonder if they could be a team at 15. They look at it. Let's say Murray and Haskins are off the board. Mm-hmm. And let's even say the Dolphins take Drew Locke for some reason. If they look at it and go, hey, let's get a wide receiver, then let's try to like get the Patriots on the phone, get the Rams on the phone. Let's Let's see what they want for that 32nd overall pick, especially the Patriots because the Patriots – are notorious for, oh, we got this pick? Yeah, trade. Oh, we'll trade back. We'll trade back and accumulate. Trade mm-hmm. back and accumulate. Because um, Bill Belichick knows that drafting is just throwing as much shit at the wall as possible and seeing what sticks. Um, the more draft picks yeah. you have, the yeah. more you have a chance to hit on some of them. Maybe that's what happens. The Redskins, hey, we didn't mm-hmm. take one at 15. Let's take a Will Greer, a Daniel Jones at 32, so we can get that option on him. 
It's possible, but these just aren't quarterbacks worth doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing. Lamar Jackson was a quarterback who was able to start and win games. Mm-hmm. I don't see Daniel Jones being a guy who's able to win NFL games. Last question that goes into this that I'm going to ask you about mm-hmm. is the Bears and Cowboys. Yeah. Do not have first-round picks. Correct. Now, the Bears, I'm going to automatically write off, will probably not be moving up in because their first pick is in the third round. Mm-hmm. Could Dallas move up? Could you see Dallas, I, hey, we don't have a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Let's try to get back into the first round. Like right. I said, I don't think there's anything to trade up mm-hmm. for. Um, and the Cowboys are a pretty good gonna, team. They'll cause, be okay. Because they're going to have to wait all the way until 58. So yep. kind of middle but of the day, e- day two. Like I said, there's really not anything worthwhile in the first round. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody who falls, trade up in the second round. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. to do than trading up to the first. And it's a lesser price. Plus, Jerry that's Jones. That's why it's easier to do it. Jerry Jones has done that because um, mm-hmm. that's what he did for Jalen Smith. But any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Uh, not necessarily. I'm I'm excited to actually have some uh some franchise tags mm-hmm. and things like that happening soon, so that way we kind of know some of these answers. Because of course that changes everything. Well, and you kind of sparked that in my mind. So before our next mock draft, we are going to have the combine will have happened. So that's going to be what the 26th through. The fourth, so basically next Tuesday when we record, happy Combine Day, Mark. That's when it starts and it'll be going on for the next week. So we got the Combine before our next mock draft. We're going to have franchise tags before our mock draft and a week, I believe a week or two of free agency Mm -hmm. before our next mock draft, which I believe is March 19th will be the next mock draft. That's the night we're recording, so March 20th is when that will come out. But I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast. Make sure to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. You can also rate and review us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, The Onside Kick. It really helps us out. It makes sure that we hit more and more and get into more and more ears and kind of spread us out so we get more people listening to the podcast. I also want to thank you guys for dealing with uh, my voice as it started to kind of die a little bit more here at the end. So I'm going to make this short and sweet. If you're on YouTube, thank you guys for checking us out. If you're on the podcast services around the world, thank you guys for listening to us all the way through. Thank you guys for everything. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.